about that effort. Wayman comes through. He's got another one. Just add it to the reel. Liver. Welcome to the Salty Bulldog, the podcast that is the envy of all American football podcasts across the nation. My name is Matthew Donald and I have Nick Galea with me as I do every other week. And while our rival American football podcasts are trying to figure out just how we do it, make sure to check out all of our previous episodes as well in past weeks. You'll be able to check out the Salty Bulldog on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also check out our social media pages on Twitter at the Salty Bulldog. You can also check out the Salty Bulldog on Facebook and YouTube. We have an Instagram page as well, that.salty.bulldog, and our website is thesaltybulldog.wixsite.com forward slash home. Nick, one round in, one win down, 24 more to go. Yep, but I like that positivity. That's the way we've got to be at it, I think. Um, not very sound introduction, as always, uh, Matt. Hmm. No, no, that's all right. One, one win down, 24 to go. Stick with that method. It seems to be working. Yeah, there's no need to worry about, of course, the semi-final. Not at all. Short I think, I think the other teams are just forfeit the year already. So, well, uh, we've got actually a couple of people who might agree with you there on, on that one, Nick. Uh, but just before we get started... Just give us launch, the couple already. Yeah, just before we get, we launch into the football and, and talking about the football, and obviously round one, there's so much to talk about. You and myself, both there on Friday night, weren't sitting in the same spot because obviously it's a, it's a little bit different this year in terms of arranging your tickets how good was it from your perspective to be back at the football oh jesus that was beautiful to be there it was great i know there's a fair few pie supporters around while i was sitting right along the um or the players bench which was exceptional seating so once again shout out to my mate um jake was for providing said ticket was um, your hero really brilliant yep he is a hero yep. he's a savior fine man he is because and he was also going to do it again this week but Different commitments, but no, it was it was great to be back. Seriously, it's it's such a. I, I didn't realise last year how much I uh, missed sport entirely. Not just the idea of just going to the games, but the, the very much the, the whole gist of it. You know, it's uh, an essential part of my life, and um, just amazing to be back, even if it wasn't our own home game. But to see you know the opening goal and players and the crowd go off and and such, yeah, love it. Well, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it, it's, I mean, obviously people will say, oh, but you know, the football was on last year. You were able to, to watch the whole season, but there is a difference. And I think it, it's clearly defined now the difference between being able to watch it on the telly, being able to go to the game and being able to, to take the train in and walk up to the MCG uh, through, through Jollymont station and then go through the gates and, and then be able to sit down and see the players run out of the ground. All the, as you said, the song and the, the noise of the crowd. You bring that up. Cheers and all you that. bring that up with the train. Before that, of course, across the other years, you know, been on the train you know, almost every other week, sometimes every couple of days, give or take. Yeah. Last year, I think I went on the train three times. I've been That's, out of practice. I didn't, I didn't even need to. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Went on the train three times all of last year. And obviously one of those included for the, uh, the North Melbourne 
uh, what was it? The community series or JLT or whatever it was called last year. But I think it was still JLT last year. Yeah. JLT, is it? Yeah. So that's the so. thing. I haven't, yeah, I've been on the train then yeah, two more times since. And then just to actually go on it for these purposes again, bewildering, but brilliant. You know? Yeah. Good to be back. Great it was to be, look, to be honest. It was it was, a, it was a magical night. It, I, it was it was just a magical night for so many reasons. It felt like a, a felt like a, just a, a, a triumphant return would actually be the the mm. way I would describe it. Sort of the, the homecoming of our heroes, <coughs> Western Bulldogs, and I did the did the the sums on it. It had been five hundred and seventy two days since our last match in Victoria with a crowd. So the last yeah, game was not pretty numbers. No, so it was against Adelaide down in, in Ballarat the last day of the, the 2019 season. And the oh, game you weren't in attendance for. Yes. And I was talking to Bradley because I was I was with Bradley. The last game that I'd been to uh, for in Victoria for, for the Bulldogs was Yes, say it. <laughs> Come on. It was hard to forget this one. It was that. Uh, game against I'll Essendon. give you to the counts of 21. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful thing. I think that will be just be enough. Yes, that was that was the last game I'd been to before. Oh, that was the last game I'd been to in Victor with the Victorian crowd or in Victoria. Mm. So it had been a really long time for us, and I think it was just such a fantastic night. And I'm so glad that the Bulldogs got the win, which if we've already said they have managed it. It was it was. I think the, the scoreline. And I feel like I've said this all before. Doesn't do justice, I think, to the, the way the Bulldogs played. So final score here of 10, 9, 69, the Bulldogs, Collingwood, 7. No, hang on. Have I got that right? No, I haven't got that right, have I? Is that right? No. I think you have, yeah. Yeah, yep, 10, 9, 69 to 8, 8. Oh, sorry, eight, yeah, 7, 11. 7, 11. <laughs> no, I got, our, I got our score right. I got the, the Collingwood score wrong. Um, but who cares about the, the Collingwood score? Giving them some free points, mate. You're humming and damaging our percentage right there, Matt. Yeah, Be so 10-9, to 7-11-53 uh, at the MCG. Uh, some of the uh, the goal scorers. So Vandermeer, Norton and Smith each kicking two. Latham Vandermeer, the honour of kicking the first goal of the season for the Bulldogs, uh, which Wallace unable to carry on that he got the, the first one last season, but Latham Vandermeer this time around. Uh, so we just need Vandermeer to keep the opening goal of the season and get the season off on the, on the right way possible. Yep. Brilliant. Stick uh, with that. Bruce, English and Martin, uh, Stafford Martin, each kicking goals, as well as uh, Lockie McNeil, his first game. Just, uh, here we go. Um, and just because we haven't had this, as you mentioned also, in terms of not being able to attend matches, uh, the crowd, 46,051 people. Oh, it's nice, isn't it? And so, no doubt with restrictions lifted, there would have been a lot more there. Yeah, it probably would have been at least another 20, 20 to 22, I'd say. thousand more, yeah, potentially. Reconcile. Generally, we don't touch 70, but against the Pies, but we've got up a few 60s. So, yeah. I think in 2017 against Collingwood, we had we 66. Got, we, got we got 66. And 66. then in 2018, we got, what, 58-ish? No, four, can't right? have. 2018. Check. 2019. 20, 2019, yeah. 2019, yeah. yeah. 2018, there might have been at least 39,000. And then it was the, and it, just while, while you're looking that up and with the, the midfielders, it was, oh, well, it was your Boots time. Bailey Smith, 36. That's an equal career high for him. Jack McRae, 35. Lockie Hunter, 31. Dunkley, 30. Daniel Bonson-Pelly and Lou Vittori, each with 28 disposals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here we go. Uh, round four, 2019, 59,000. 257 at the G, and then of course, uh, the round 14 encounter 39,000 
2018, it was what? Uh, 37,985 at Marvel. And of course, in 2017, round one to kick the year off, uh, 66,254, which was just below probably our home and away all-time record against the Pies. I'm trying, don't hold me to that. No, that's all right. And, and we... Yeah, um, that would have been no, like 67,000 yeah. in 2006. And uh, there's okay. plenty of plenty of feedback as well post match. So a lot of bulldogs are really happy with the performance. I'll just go through some of the some of the comments that um, that we had to say here. So uh, at Shazam two seven one zero said, if we can start to capitalise on our inside fifties, we will make top six. Caleb Daniel, Bailey Smith, and Lathan Vandermeer stood out uh, particularly for at Shazam two seven one zero. Uh, at uh, at 650s, our back seven were very good. Our mids fantastic. Getting big Steph Martin and two rucks is absolutely huge as Big Timmy is going to cause headaches up forward. Latham's pace and pressure is unbelievable. It's the improvement in our second to fifth year players makes us even around the ground. Uh, Bull, at Bulldogs126, you know, i got to say the guys were great. Tough game, but the best thing on the night was I went by myself and I was surrounded by doggy supporters. They're the best, most friendliest people out there. They make you feel like family. Go doggies. And this one here is, uh, there's a lot. I, don't think, I, I would love to go through them all. I'll try my best. Uh, at Decker underscore 13, our midfield is going to keep us in games when things aren't going well. So powerful. Forward line chemistry needs a lot of work. Go dogs. We do definitely agree with that one. Uh, at Aiden McCarthy four, Bailey Williams is extremely underrated. He is an absolute gun. He was best on ground along with Bailey Smith last night, in my opinion. You know what I think is very fitting in that? Last year in the round one encounter, I had a section of my five things we learned discussing Bailey Williams. Mm -hmm. This year's round one encounter, I have a section discussing Bailey Smith, which only means next year for the read piece, it'll be triple Bailey's with Bailey Dale. I look forward to starring it. Starring in round one. Actually, Bailey, Bailey Williams, I remember this time last year, we was he was, I think he was out of contract. Oh, no, he might not have been out of contract. He's out of contract this year, um, I do believe. I have had a look at, I have had a look oh, at that. That's correct, yeah. He was, yeah. he was at the end of 2019. So, yeah, last year was the first of his two-year deal. Yep, I will want to go through Extension. that actually because there's a, there's a there's, uh, I will go through the out of contract list a little bit later. But we sort of went into that year thinking it was a big year for him. He'd been out of the side mm. for most of 2019, been on mm. the fringes, but spent most of it in the in the VFL, and he had a lot it's of like pressure on line, him. It's like that line in Jaws, you know, where they say we're going to need a bigger boat for us. It's we're going to need a bigger salary cap. I think at the moment, so <laughs> possibly, <laughs> possibly, maybe we could give Carlton the call. Um, but he's he's actually, but from where he was at the start of last year to where he is at the start of this year. Such a such an impressive turnaround by Bailey Williams. Mm. He's still he's always had it, you know. He had a great, or he had strong patches in 2016 when he featured, strong patches in 2017, very solid in 2018. You know, his yeah. absence was missed um, yeah. towards which was it the after the Geelong game that particular yes. Taylor match. Yeah, and you know he returned in the final match of the season against Richmond. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what it was with him in 2019 because the spot's always been there for him. He's very. Bob Murphy like down back, except with better overhead abilities, I'd say, at least in a defensive department or defensive mm. aspect, that is. Um be interesting to see him try it up forward, I think. What do you think about that versatility, Matt? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, oh, I'm, happy, I'm happy with him in the in the back line for now. It's certainly very happy with him, yeah. Who want who want to know a little bit more about about the forward line setup because a few of those comments as well, and I think even a couple of them that I mentioned highlight that issue with the with the forward line. It, it looks to me as though um, it's still 
still an issue. I highlighted it in our in our preseason matches. It's something we've we've clearly highlighted in in past seasons. Is there anything from from that from what you saw that that indicated there is improvement? I think there actually is genuine. I don't think it's as in terms of this game anyhow. I don't think there's as much um, negatives to take out of it from the from the front half. Um, yeah, sixty nine points from what was it fifty nine or sixty entries? Yeah, that doesn't sound sixty nice. entries. Into, 60 entries. In terms of raw numbers, it sounds pretty putrid. Because um, generally, last year, the, the rule of thumb um, is roughly one and a half points per entry. So by that 60, you know, you should score around 90 points or so. Um, generally, that's at least from last year's figures across the competition. Um, not too sure about this year already. Um, and Champion Dardo said with the way that we played on the scoring, we would have expected to have reached 94 and held the pies to 60. So defensively, we're a goal better. That's uh, 20, what is it? My maps is off 25 points uh, 20, worse off. Yeah. 24, is it? Oh, 25, yeah. 25. 25. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I don't think it's that bad, though. I don't think it's, it's not from the opportunities or such. So I think it just literally just speaks just about of how high caliber the, the Pies back line is. You can seriously see at least three of their players, you know, Crisp, Howe, and more. Um, not saying they're going to make these things, but, you know, they're all definite all Australian calibre down back anyhow in terms of the positions. Yeah. So they're an incredible um, back line and it was always going to be tough. So I think we did quite well in that regard. I would have been happy kicking 80-odd against them in all seriousness. So I um, wish we got there. But I think it's for us, it's not just the idea about the, the accurate kicking because that wasn't an issue on Friday night. It's just more about the scoring that's left out on the you know, on the ground, you know, it's like how they say with the batsman, you know, um, you left runs out on the pitch, you know, for instance, yeah. those types of things. I think it's in that type of case. It's not the, it's not that we didn't take the opportunities that we had. It's not creating enough opportunities with what we um, created in that set you know, with the entries. Because you, know, you should, I think we should have got around at least 25 scoring shots from that. So there's about six or so that were uh, left or gone begging. At jmac underscore 52 says pies an elite defensive team that were hanging on all night more keeps that game as close as it was better spacing mm. and continuity up forward and we are unstoppable and i think that that reflects on the fact darcy moore, darcy moore or would you give smith the three votes in terms I, of yeah more or smith well i i don't think you can give i don't think you can give three votes to a player when the side loses by by three goals I think if it's, mm. I think it's, I think it's very rare. I thought Bailey Smith was, <clears throat> I thought Bailey Smith was a constant throughout the night, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously that's probably going to be more the case when you're a midfielder as opposed to a key defender. And I thought Moore did a good job mm. at keeping Collingwood in it. Um, mm. Still had two goals well, kicked on him in a, in a fairly six, low scoring match. Well, six contested marks. Six eight, contested marks, eight intercept. Uh, that's nine, like eight intercepts. Yep, of nine set possessions. Twenty odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, just have... amazing numbers. And he had the most player rating points. And we don't always talk yeah. about these things, but still, it, it's got to count for something. I, I would give yeah. I would give Bailey the, the three votes. Mm. Smith. I would too. I would too. And Moore turned a, or without Moore, he turns a, a three-goal loss into a 67 to eight. Yeah. And that's going to be something that they're going to have to be mindful of this week because we're up against a side that has two of the best intercepting defenders in the business. Mm. They think Darcy Moore is good. They've got Mag- West Coast this week, obviously, have Jeremy McGovern. He's got, a, he's got a bit of an injury cloud. I'm not too sure entirely, McGovern. but McGovern might be a bit under duress. Okay. Don't know too much about it, but yeah. 
think he copped something yesterday. Now, was there anyone Might from? Have a look at... Yeah, we'll definitely have a look at that. Be be sure to uh, be sure to deploy yeah. that. Even Shuey too. Well, Shuey didn't play last week, did he? No, so we'll see whether he's he um, there this week. Is there anyone that, that we haven't sort of mentioned yet that that stood out to you? That someone who's who's, who's not not featured high in the in the possessions or, or kicked the back of goals? Yeah, I've got, but anyone yeah, I've got that a name. Really stood out? Let's hear it. I've got a name. Um, or if you're also talking about uh, not featuring possessions, you know, um, Jeremy McGovern's brother Mitch would feature very highly in that. I'll tell you that there for sure. Let's try and shift the attention away from teams that aren't the Bulldogs. To uh, the Bulldogs. I was going to go. I was going to go uh, Ryan Gardner. He was good. Gardner. He did. He was. Yeah, he was good actually. He was now, good. And considering a... he wasn't exactly in our best twenty-two in terms of our ideal twenty-two, I think it's probably no. the correct term. Yeah, true. Now I've got a. Yeah. You know, you know how much I love Christine nicknames on players. I know. I got one for Ryan Gardner. Let's let's just let's just let's just put this one out there. See how see how we go. Now, I'm gonna gonna call him AHM because he keeps things uncomplicated. Oh no no! <laughs> oh, he, he, God, not he that does commercial. <laughs> What's that other one? One three double oh six triple five oh six. The reading and writing hotline. Yeah, no, it's not not free advertisement here. We're not doing that. But not oh, insinuating that, that Ryan Garner is illiterate at all. But no, I, no, I, I think, but that's, that's AHM. AHM, pretty sure. Oh man! Um, so that, but that's that's what comes to mind when I, I think of the way he plays. <clears throat> like he he has he, he keeps things he keeps things very simple. You know, he's got his he's got his limitations as a footballer. We know that. I think that's been that's been well documented over over his time at the club. But he's still every footballer still has their strengths, regardless of of you know whether they're the best player on the list or the forty fourth best player on the list. Every player has their strengths, and he uses his very well. And when he was the only and when and when to play one hundred percent game time, actually, okay. I bring that up. So uh, he nine one percenters. Yep, nine one percenters. Team high six spoils ahead of team ahead of high. Darcy Moore. He also ahead of and ahead of Isaac Quain or two. Yeah, he also had five intercept possessions and two intercept marks. Uh, one very of them nice. being contested. So that that's his strength is sort of being that defensive wall he's not not necessarily a one-on-one defender i think he tries to play the hamling role that we haven't really been able to fill since he does have the speed for it though so yes and he's he's not yeah he's not too slow either so that that's his role inside so getting in killing the the contest making sure that you know the key forwards aren't toweling uh us up in the in the on the last line of defense but when it's outside of his his comfort zone his area of strength he just he just keeps things fairly simple and, and unfortunately, one of the things I noticed in the final against St. Kilda was that, and I'm not sure whether this was by design or, or just by the fact that, you know, it was um, of the way St. Kilda set up, but Gardner was being forced to pull off the risky kicks. And sort of he, he had become the designated kicker out of the back line. And kicking is not his strength, or at least precise kicking is not his strength. It's, it's strange because uh, I've heard, apparently he's actually quite a neat kick. So I don't know if it's just the nerves for him too. Oh, possibly. But I mean, when you've got yeah. a back line that's got Daniel, Crozier, Williams, you, you would want those players to have ball in hand. Even now, Bailey Dale in, in the back line as well. You wouldn't prefer those players to, to be the ones pulling off those difficult kicks. So with Gardner is that he, if, if he had the ball, he, he, would, he would pull off, he wouldn't try to do anything overly, uh, overly risky. Uh, or extravagant, he he would just make sure he finds a teammate in a bit of space and and let them 
um, do the difficult part. I think, remember, uh, one time in the last quarter, he has the ball in the middle of the ground or just about the middle of the ground. And he, he's got a bit of space, but he, he could have, he could have run on, but he just said, no way. I'm just going to, just going to hold off here. And then I'm going to wait for, for someone who might be able to help me out. And he had Alex Keith running past and he Find out the and, well and Keith has, has gone in and, and give it to, to and Martin ended up Stephen Martin ended up giving the goal. So that's that's what I, that's why I say when I call him AHM because he just he just he does he does his he uses he plays to his strengths. His strengths have a role in the side and he does that very well. When it's outside of his box of expertise, he just keeps things nice and simple. And I think it's a really good mindset. Yep. Simple, uncomplicated. It's the way to go sometimes when you know your limitations. And that's the thing too, because sometimes there's many other players that um, try to make up for those limitations and realise that they will think at times that they have to do more yeah. than what they are capable of. And it ends up being more riskier and, and it ultimately costs the team in different ways, you know. I've seen I feel, it. I feel like Zane Cordy is a... Throughout our own careers at times. I feel like Zane Cordy is a bit like careers. that actually. Yeah. Now that you mentioned the bottom more than he can shoot, yeah, and there's there's nothing wrong with a player having confidence, but sometimes I mean every player has the limitations, and they've just got to know when that is. I feel yeah, I feel like little quality's a bit braver in, in in that regard. Like it's it's not a problem. I mean, it's, that's that's probably a nothing good term wrong to with say. it. Braver. Nothing, I think that's yeah. a very fair term to there's use. There's nothing wrong with a player having confidence and backing themselves. But sometimes yeah, we see that it's, it's with the Dutchman. Though. Yeah, so, yes, and that's that's one of the, that's that's the other answer. The other player I want to talk about. We we are all aboard the Vandermeer bandwagon. Do we decide? Do we decide to? We've called him Dutchman. Do we decide to add another term? The Flying Dutchman. The Flying Dutchman. Just the, the Flying Dutchman. Well, we until he takes the market. Dutchman, yeah, until he takes the mark of the oh, year God. contender. Imagine if he does that. Then the photo of Michael Wilson actually occurred to me. That, you know the photo of Michael Wilson Smith. taking Bailey Smith's hair. He's could we, we had a super. Uh, what do you call it? A cape? cape to that? You possibly, love capes, mate. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know if I'm the biggest fan of caves. Um, but he is a photo of Bailey Smith flying over the Flying Dutchman, who's on the ground. Vandermeer's on, on the ground at that time. Yeah, can we just... Yep. Now we're take that picture. We're going to keep that. That's a great photo. We, yeah, we, we like that. That's, that. that's going on. That's going in someone's pool room. Now, Vandermeer didn't have the... You know, he had 14 disposals, just the five kicks... Uh, was that nine of the 14 were contested possessions? He kicked the, obviously the first goal of the season, as we mentioned. He did kick another one uh, just before half time. Four Which tackles somehow went to score review. I don't know how, yeah, I'm not, not, not sure. I mean, I, I don't know what, what it was for. The only person <laughs> who could have touched it was Vandermeer himself. There was no know, it's, one else it's like, the ball. it's like one of those reviews you like you see with DRS and cricket, you know, the batsman reviewed it and it's missing off and like stump and destroying middle. Yeah, you're wondering what was the point of that. Bit odd. Three of those four tackles of Vandermeer's though were inside fifty. He. And what did I? What would I have? I had some numbers on that too. I think. Okay. Uh, I've got to find that. Actually, you you take it away though. Yeah. Also, I've, I've got up here. Uh, so he also was. I think he was number one ranked. He was a number one ranked bulldog in terms of the the player ratings as well. Uh, and he also picked up three coaches' votes, which was interesting. Also, now. Here we go. Uh, Seventeen tackles inside fifty for the uh, for the bulldogs. For the bulldogs. Okay. Now, find some other things. You keep going though. Now, Vandermeer to me, I was I wrote a bit about Vandermeer because the more I, I mean, the two goals is great, and when you're at the game, it's easy to just sort of think about the oh, you know, he kicked two goals, and, and you don't really tend to see much else when you're as engrossed in, in the in the game as as most fans are. But the more I watched the game, the more impressed I was with the way he played. 
because it wasn't just the, the two goals. I mean, I use the, the phrase constant ball of energy. Uh, I also say he didn't mind handing out the advice to, to the opposition. We, we've spoken a bit that a bit about that as well. He, he doesn't mind having a go at an opposition player when there's an opportunity to do so. So don't mind that he a bit really, about He really enjoys burning an opposition <laughs> player off, doesn't he? It's fantastic to see. Does, there was that one... No, um, I love that. There was I that one against Sydney so last year. He took the, the contested mark inside 50. And then he, and his opponent's on the ground and he just bends over and just, just has a little word to his opponent. Uh, before he goes back and kicks the goal, I think you need uh, a bit of that as well, a bit of bit of aggro and a bit Campaigner. of fight. And he's got he's got the skill to back it up as well. So he's not he's not sort of just a, a tough in and under fighter that, that sort of grits his way through a performance and doesn't have the skill. He's a very classy player. Actually, got some great skills. You know who he reminds me of, particularly when I when I refer to, when I use the phrase "ball of energy." He reminds me a lot of a. Or a a a, uh, a prime Luke Dahlhouse, a Luke Dahlhouse that's that's at the at the peak of his powers. So we're talking 2015, 16 form Dahlhouse. Now that you bring that name, and considering how deep our midfield is, because I know everyone was livid at the time, and I was like, oh, I can understand it perfectly. Makes makes you know, absolute sense. Now he was asking for a long term deal in the vicinity of five years and uh, obviously got four at the cats and we offered three. Now, obviously the intention is when you offer a long-term deal, the idea is that you think that you're not going to find anyone better to play such role, you know, over that course of that contract. Yeah. We had Riley West to come in, obviously we. So this yes, is, the, so this is have, at the end of 2018. This is the end of 2018. Dunkley come on. We were starts to, to floor, grow, obviously. Yeah. Yep, starts to grow. Uh, Wallace was being phased out of the midfield. Um, Libba... We didn't have Libba that year. Done, no, no, we did not. He just had done his knee. He was out for that season, yep. And yet, with that Dalhouse go. So, obviously, Vandermeer has got as much energy as a prime Luke Dalhouse, for sure. But just going back on that, correct call... Because he wouldn't be, because personally, in my thoughts, he obviously would not have been. Well, there was no, there was no, well, I mean, you could sort of go through the, the mm-hmm. midfields and you already had in, in 2018, there was basically no Libertore. Uh, there was no Adam Trelaw. There was no Bailey Smith. There was a limited version of Dunkley. There's a limited version of Dunkley, who, who was starting to grow into his own. Uh, Indeed. Wallace being played for. Wallace was being, yeah, transitioned out of the, out of the four. Like Bontepelli spent most of the year under duress. Really, we had Hunter and McRae, mm-hmm. and that was about it. Much there was there wasn't much else in that midfield mm. group. It certainly it certainly mm. didn't possess the riches that it does three years later. I know this, it it just the 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 pressure that Vandermeer brings. I think it's the pressure that Vandermeer brings that that is so reminiscent of Dahlhouse. Dahlhouse's game was built entirely off energy, um, and I think towards the end of his time at the Bulldogs, I think it became a bit more evident that if that energy wasn't there, then his impact as a player diminished. Exactly. He, need, uh, he needed to bring that energy. Yeah. Um, that, exactly right. I think I brought that up to you back then. Oh, we both shared the opinion anyhow. Yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah, we brought that up several times. And that's where, the, where he was a rookie, you know, and he obviously talents one thing, but the other version of getting onto this came for the intensity. And yes, he's one of those tops that had to be at least 90 sense on his game otherwise you know even a, another slight drop off the 80 85 80 percent version of Dallas was nowhere near as effective what a 90 percent one was it's not yeah. like just like a basic 10 percent gap it would have been like 
yeah. model than 2030. You know, it's not numbers that make sense, but you could see it clearly there. You mentioned Vandermeer with his pressure. Um, would you find this a bit ironic that uh, two other players that share the same amount of forward 50 tackles as him, with three being McRae and Liberatore? McRae. That's very strange, McRae isn't it? Getting, McRae yeah. getting forward. Yeah. yeah. McRae, three and Actually, now you, yeah, you mention it. Both of those players were immensely underrated yeah. on yeah. Friday and, night. And McRae had 16 and Liberatore had 15. Uh, starts in the centre bounce. So that's even more ironic, out, you know. Out of they've how had many? that time to push for. Out of, well, it says 20, but I thought I'd calculate it 21. There's got to be 21 okay. bounces shortly. Um, you know, one started off and then 10 yep. goals, seven goals there, and then three more of the other quarters for sure. So, um, but yeah, that's still that interesting. In my, in my player ratings, I, both, I gave both McRae, and you can check this out on the Salty Bulldog as well will be keep. I'll be rating the every people. I'll be rating every player out of ten throughout the season. Even though, well, I won't be. I said a president. We won't be rating the medical sub if they're not used. That's going to get very boring. I mean, I don't want. I, I mean, I, I feel a bit awful giving Riley West a zero, but I mean, he didn't do anything. He literally just did stick, nothing. Just <laughs> stick with the NA, please. You know, you like yeah. AHM. Just stick with NA, please. Okay, I'll keep it. I'll keep it uncomplicated. Liberatore McRae, they both go. got eights for me. And I said about Liberatore that he goes under the radar. He's not he's not getting the, the plaudits of uh, Bailey Smith, Bontepelli, Caleb Daniel. You could go through a couple of others as well, Dunkley. But the reality is that if the Bulldogs don't win, if Liberatore doesn't play. And I think... think you said it. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's I, I, I think that's reflective too. in in the way that the team has has performed over the past couple of years. When Liberatore has been in the side, they've looked so much better. And when he hasn't and played, they walk a lot taller. Yeah, and when he hasn't played, they've they've fallen off. Most not all the time, not all the time. It was a certain performance against a, a certain team from uh, where are they Windy Hill, um, where Liber didn't play, and we actually played quite well. Uh, we actually played to his number. Would you believe? Um, but hashtag 21 but more often than not we struggle when Libertor hasn't played in terms of the energy I'd say more so because you've made a mention of it in, in um, your player ratings and I made a mention of it in my at best 22 with the, the terms or the words anyways uh, heart and soul which is very much a, yeah. a phrase that belongs with with Flubber. of course father son but it really fits in um, actually there were a lot of eights uh, the, I, I mentioned it. Um, Dunkley got an eight. Bailey Smith got a nine. I didn't want to give perfect scores too early in the season, but he was he was very close. Uh, Hunter got an eight. Ooh. Stephen Martin it's very got an eight. If you say boo, since we got the West Coast <laughs> Eagles this week, I uh, said so Liver Liver got an eight. A few sevens as well, actually. Now that I mentioned it, uh, Bailey Williams got an eight. Caleb Daniel got an eight. A lot of sevens. Actually, there's one player that we haven't talked about that we absolutely have to. Um, now we've got some. Uh, some fans have sent through some questions. They've been very, very good. Uh, we finally got some questions from some fans, Nick. We'll be able to answer them. I'm really looking forward to that. But I've got I've been, I've only been really waiting. Really am, seriously. Nine, it's nine great, though. Nine, nine episodes, nine times the charm. We need to talk about some blonde kid wearing number one. Well, he's not a kid, but we need to talk about him. This is actually hilarious. This is going to be the first time we're actually going to utter his name tonight. That's amazing. 
Yeah, it's taken us half an hour, and we're that's running now. Mention Andrew. That's how much we love Vandermeer. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, they didn't show up about him at all on Friday night, didn't they? No. Well, maybe we're going to balance out the books a little bit. What did you make of Trelaw's game? I liked it. It's different too, different role, of course, because he's obviously more, or at least pies in how they use him on the inside, even if he does have the bursts. Yeah. But um, so again, the twenty-one uh, center bounces he featured. Um, eight of them, so two on the inside and six on the wing. So that means the other 13 is obviously splitting his time on the bench. So let's just say that's maybe three or four instances. And the other, um, I've got to try to look at my mouth, the other nine or so, okay. um, he would be on the half forward line. I, I, so it's a bit different, isn't it? Yeah, it Likewise is. Likewise with Hunter too. Likewise with Hunter too. Yeah. Now, and that's very high at the ground. And that's an impact. That's, you know, that's something that we're going to sort of put players in the midfield are going to have to get used to in terms of being able to play in other positions on the ground. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Trelaw, I, I don't know him. I feel like though he would have been happy, content just to get through the match, given not only the build-up, which was huge, but the fact that he's also, he's also been in a, in a bit of a race against time just to be able to play around one. No, he had the, the calf injury that, you know, they'd been talking about and he, he wasn't able to play for the Bulldogs against Hawthorne or Box Hill. He was sort of, he played two and a half quarters against Casey. So he's had an injury interrupted run in. I think personally would have just been happy just to get through the game. And, you know, he was all right. He had, his... he had 18 disposals. He had five clearances. I gave him a seven. I thought he was pretty good. I'm going to see. What was his match time? 77%, which in comparison. Well, that's about three quarters. Just or us only 60 Dale 71 yep. McNeil at 74 and the Dutchman and the Juggernaut at 76 they're the only players that were lower than uh, Adam Trelaw in terms of time on the ground it's interesting Alex Cape also had 95% and Bailey or the two other Baileys uh, 87 and 86 okay uh, what about the pies I wonder so I want to get on some. Yeah, got to get on some. To got to get on some questions there, Nick. We can Let's we'll go. Have to look at that at another time because I'm really excited about these. Uh, here we go. Um, now I think it's, I think he's come up a second time here at jmac underscore fifty two. Pretty sure he had something to say on Friday night as well. He's pretty confident. He asks us: Will the Bulldogs go undefeated or deliberately lose a mid season game to stay hungry? <laughs> it depends who we're losing the mid season game too. I think. <laughs> Really well, I, I'd prefer not to lose to, to any of them. I can't think of a team I'd want to lose I to. I agree. I'm agreeing with uh, with him, not you, that is. Okay. I can't I'll... see us losing a game. But I'm going to utter those uh, those dreaded words that Mick Malthouse mentioned about Carlton's 2015 preseason. I just can't see where we're going to lose can't a game. See losing, can't see losing a game? Yep. I've said it. I can't oh, believe yeah. I've said that. Yeah. Uh, let's have a look. Let's have a look 24 here. 24 to go. Um here we go. So at Das 3-8, how do we score goals from our inside 50s? 10 goals from 59 inside 50s isn't good enough. I think that's what you were you were alluding to earlier. I think you made mm-hmm. mention of that. Yeah. How does that change? Those are the opportunities. I think it changes via opening it up, but that takes us away from our strength, which is stoppage-based, which means, you know, we're obviously creating more space in that, in that element, but in doing so, it opens up other parts of the ground, which potentially in turn creates more one-on-one opportunities for opposition sides to exploit. So as much as we hate seeing ourselves get caught out the back, this is the best way for us to score and to utilize our midfielders in their best strengths, which is get the ball forward, create a stoppage and then swarm. 
Now, as much as everyone loves free-flowing football, that's not the way that we play. I think we've got we've the group to do that as great, well with the midfield. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. We've seen us play great brand of football, even with this particular style that we have. Yeah. Now, it can get exploited. And unfortunately, it only takes a couple of loose chinks in the arm for it, for it to go absolutely AWOL, which is unfortunate. But, and I will say this, and we shouldn't really say these terms, but still, plan A is a bloody good plan when it works. Yeah. In comparison to most other sides. Okay. I mean, it's always good to have backup plans, but that means you're focusing on the idea that things aren't going to work out. And he's so received still got to back yourself. And he's received a response as well from at Samuel Angus 32, who is going to, he's going to sort of, he's just going to send a trend with the next couple of questions. But uh, Sam's response to, to how do we score enough goals? Jamara and the astronaut with the 50 to themselves. And then that leads on to a couple of other questions. Um, another one by uh, at Dars38. At when will Jamara play? Bruce played well Friday night and no room for both. Certainly, I agree that Bruce played well. I mean, the one goal is not a reflection of that, I wouldn't have thought. Not but it didn't take 11 yeah. marks. And it was just it was just the kicking for goal. I mean, that could have easily been three or four goals had he kicked straight. Because he had a few opportunities. A couple of tough ones. Uh, but, you know, he, he's that, that's what he's paid to do, though. Like, he's paid to be able to convert those opportunities. Yeah. Um, I so, made mention of his performance in, in my five things that we learned. You did as well. Fifth, uh, no, I thought he was good. Dot points. I yep. very much, very was happy uh, happy with his game. Um, would that, is that the best game he's played for us? Even well, with six goals, that is? Look, I just said, I thought he's, he's in the side, he's in, he's in the side to kick goals. Um, so, you know, in that, in that respect, I'd have to put the North Melbourne game ahead, but this would be the most consistent performance, I think. Yeah. Yep. Because I think, and I, and I said, and because, you know, he, yeah, he had, I think he had six, I think he had 10 disposals that night. And he kicked six goals and, or eight and disposals. Votes. Yeah, eight and disposals. You gave him a perfect 10. I did, well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you gave him a perfect Keith, 10 that Keith night. Ford kicking six goals. No, like he, one he had, vote he had per eight possession. Dis- he had eight disposals. <clears throat> he kicked six. He set two up with the other two. So, you know, I can't, can't give He did only obey, didn't he? I yeah. So, you know, I mean, actually, but yeah. what, what, what more do you want from him, to be honest? Uh, no, I, yeah, I thought it was just two. Yeah. For Tim English. Yeah. Bit of a wonky kick, but it got there in the end. Yeah. And no, I, I composure um, by the pump. Yeah. I, th- I thought, I thought Bruce was good. I think it'd be hard to drop him after that. Um, and then another question here from uh, at Davy Boy JR1. How do you play English, Norton, Bruce, Martin, and Jamara all at once? And I suppose he, uh, he's obviously you a little do that bit by starting there. them on the field. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. No, and I, I suppose um, no, you know, with, and it looks like he's alluding to you know how do you how do you how do you mm. feel with all these tools? And I suppose you've got to add Young and Gardner into that as well. Yeah, it's a lot of tools. It is, which means you've got to play very, very, very crafty smalls, which I don't know if we're happy to do so. You know. Yeah, that involves giving the likes of Ben Cavaro a game and such, because we're very uh, peculiar on what we want our forwards to do. You know, they're not the they're not exactly the crumbing type, aren't they? No, not necessarily. I mean, I'd oh, the medium, like... the medium to small forwards. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Still, just just before we go on, because we do need to speak of the VFL, but I just want to quickly go with the coaches' votes because uh, we will do this this every week. So Bailey Smith got the perfect ten. Um, Bailey Williams and Jack McRae both got four. Keep an eye on McRae's disposal count as well this year. 482 more disposals for the season. We'll see him enter the top 10 all-time leading disposal getters for the Bulldogs. He'll yeah. overtake Chris I Grant. demand, 
I demand this, Matt, on the Twitter page for you to do, a, as you say, a countdown, you know, okay. of each right. week of his disposal tally in honour of the amount of days that Essendon haven't won a final. <laughs> okay. Follow it in that sync, okay? Right, please. Right. You know, each day goes up and every uh, match you've dropped the disposal count down. I'll have to figure out something there. Vandermeer with three and Alex Keith also got a vote. And I, you know, I thought the key defenders were, were pretty good as well, Keith and, and Gardner. At least one of them deserved something. So it's good to see they got that recognition. Mm-hmm. The VFL. Now, we could spend, you know, all day talking about how, you know, the lead fluctuated in Footscray, you know, started poorly and, and did well to work themselves top. back into their game and, and were disappointed to throw away three-quarter time lead, but no, stuff that. No, We're we just talking about Jamara. You, you said, you said <laughs> A-H-M. For us, it's J-U-H. J-U-H. That's what we'll stick with. <laughs> yeah, this is... That's this what is, we'll stick with. Look, this is just about Jamara. It's five goals, and, and I think he could have kicked more as well. I think there were a couple that he missed as well. Does he play this week? No, no, he does not. How? No, he does not. You seem pretty confident on that. I don't think no, he will either because I think Beveridge spoke about him and it was sort of sounding like, yeah, it was a sort of a yeah, nah type type response. But if he kicks five goals again this week, surely you can't say, you can't say, you can't say no if he kicks 10 yeah, goals. Yeah, you can. Weeks. You say no, kick six. No, you, Nick, <laughs> now, you, now you're just getting greedy. We've been, we've been, oh, oh, we've been getting greedy. For, I told you, for, you for told me long term key forward for 25 yes. years, we got one. And you say, oh, no, five goals a game isn't good enough. No, you were telling me a couple of days ago that I was being conservative when I set the bar at 2,000 majors or something. <laughs> you know, and I'm pretty sure I am being conservative. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, I mean, I, I suppose, you know, all will be revealed in time. What did I say? But, yeah, you said also uh, JUH with three goals a quarter time. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So we, we were, and, and I think I made said, mention of another two thousand to go. No. Well, you you said, oh, but yeah, but we've conceded fourteen scoring shots yeah. in the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I said, but yeah, three but goals. Three goals. Another two thousand to go. It's not selling him short at all. No. Seriously though, if he does back it up and kick it, up, I don't know. Did Footscray play this week? I think you'll. That is a very good question, actually. Um, I don't know. The practice games are a bit out of my whack at the moment. Um, have they released who's Footscray's actual uh, round one game? Do we know that? I think we do know that. I'm going to find that too. You, you again? Yeah. Take so it they play. Uh, they played North Melbourne. Uh, do straight for for round one. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not sure in terms yeah. of a what a, is the date match, that, please. Oh, hang on. I've got that here. I think that might have been the fourth of April. Yeah, the fourth of April. Mm-hmm. At Arden Street. So if you can get down to that one, I'm not sure what the, how that matches up with the AFL fix. Yeah. Surely, 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 Nick, another five goal haul, Jamara, Jamara gets in. If he kicks another Please. five goals this week, you've got to put him in. Here we go. VFL practice matches this week. Aha, uh-huh. here we go. Yep. On Saturday, the 27th of March at 12.30, um, we have the Footscray Bulldogs coming up against the 21 straight uh, at the hangar. <laughs> No, we've got to stop I'll that. that oh, we'll we're never let this we're, die. No, we're going to we have to that. keep writing this joke till people, eternity. You just are, can't. People are going to bully us into deactivating the... You bet. <laughs> it's going to be the reverse Cooper Gretsch, I think. <laughs> that, well, I mean, if, if he kicks if he kicks another bag five, he goes into against North Melbourne on Good Friday. Ready to destroy. Ready to rampage. 
You know, it'll be the second coming of Christ. That's what's going to happen that night. <laughs> we, we better, we've got to keep a lid on it, though. Uh, but no, no, I'd say embrace the hype. What, what an impressive performance. And this is a guy who's, who's not played a game of football in the last 12 months. Mm. And he's come out, he's if played... He had, if he had, he would have been... From what they say, he would have been in the team. He's played two practice matches. He's played, obviously, he's played against uh, Box Hill, kicked a couple of goals. He didn't kick a goal against Casey. I'm not sure what sort of role he was playing that day, though. I find it very odd that he didn't kick a goal. Decoy centre-half back. Okay. <laughs> Taking over the defence now as well. He's going to win the reverse Coleman too. He is the chosen one, mate. He is. Oh, no, I did want to, did want to mention that. And, and, and yeah. watching the, watching you should the have posted that. You should have posted that meme after that five-goal haul. I, I did. It is, it is on, oh, did you? It is on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Yes, I put it up on no, Twitter. No, wait, did you the, post it straight after that game, though? Under the Jamara highlights, which you'll find on the West Bulldogs Twitter page. You may see something from us as well. I'm there, are some, there are some other things we need to mention as well, um, of course. So, yeah, unfortunately, we, we surrendered a three-quarter time lead, lost by nine points, 15-12 to 14-9. Hugo Hagen, as we said, kicked five goals. Josh Shackey as, as well, who's actually done pretty well in the preseason so far uh, and in these practice matches. He's kicked three. Nichols with two. Hayes, Sweet, Cavara, and Macomb each kicking one. And there were a couple of other AFL players. So and Mitch oh, Cleary had been uh, had reported that Easton Wood coming back from injury was a standout in defense. And there's, a, there's an image of him taking a pretty nice mark in the back line as well. You imagine he will come back in. Sounds like he's passed with flying colors. Cordy was strong in defense. Johannesson solid without being spectacular. You, mm. I have to got, to, got to make a point about this. Um, I do want to mention, uh, mention this because I've said this to you a few times that as a club, any club, not, not just the Bulldogs, Regardless of where you're on the ladder, whether you've just won the premiership, so whether you're Richmond or whether you're down the bottom, you should be looking at every opportunity to improve your list and to improve on your best 22. I mean, every, every, everyone wants to improve their list, but you should be looking to improve on, on the best 22. And what I think has happened, and I don't know this, but I, I can, I mean, it, it's, it's easy to, to make the connection that a couple of players, and I don't want to name names, but I think it's I think it's pretty obvious. I think a couple of players have have become a bit comfortable in in where they are. That dreaded comfort zone, isn't it? Yeah, Not good. Because and and I'll, I'm going to go back on it now. But you look at Johannesson and you look at Cordy, just because they're playing in the VFL at the moment and, and haven't really had a look into the senior side so far this year. Spebridge has arrived. Johannesson has played every game when fit in the seniors. I mean, he's that important to the side that they rushed him back in 2016 from that hamstring injury. That's that's how important he was. It was well, if he can, if even if he's 80 percent fit and he's off a 10 week and he's coming off a 10 week layoff, get him in. Well, that's how important he was to the side, and it's how highly Beveridge valued him then. And St. Cordy's been pretty much the same since he's broken into the side at the end of 2016. He's barely missed a game as well. In fact, I, I can't think of too many games where those guys have played, or have or haven't played rather when they've been fit. And I think that's, that's exactly correct, mate. And I've, sure. I've used the example with with Cordy for a while. Um, did the Cordy with with a while because to me he's he seemed like that sort of player that the dogs have looked at and they've gone right. Well, here's our third tour for the next ten years, just sort of set and forget. Mm. You made mention of this to me at the start of last season. I'm pretty sure. I feel like I have said this before. I've, I'm Don't pretty confident this publicly. I remember, remember having a conversation with you on the phone about this. Yeah. Yeah. And that you should be looking to improve your list and, and improve your best 22. And 
I think they've they've obviously they've gone and, and tried to do that in the in the trade period, and time will tell whether that's successful. Obviously, Trelaw's a star. Martin's a player they've been after for a while. Mitch Hannon is he's back in full training this week, which will which will be good for Indeed, him. And, and I'm sure like, there's uh, and I'm Ronnie sure Garcia. Yes, so I'm sure there'll be opportunities at least for for Hannon, possibly Garcia. We'll we'll wait and see on that one. And what they've gone what they've gone and done now, the Bulldogs, is they've looked to improve their best twenty two from within. So they've obviously looked at Johannesson. They feel like they can improve on Johannesson in terms of the team setup. And they've brought in Bailey Dale to play that role. And Bailey Dale was excellent against Melbourne. And he was all right against Conley. He wasn't terrible. He was one of, he played one of the, he was sort of, he was used one of the, oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? He wasn't, he was one of the least used players on the ground in terms of like percentage of time on the ground. But I thought he was okay. I think he took a couple of intercept mm-hmm. marks as well. He, and he used There's the ball, good, used good the ball generally moments. pretty well. No. He'll, he'll take time to develop into that role. But they feel mm-hmm. like what he offers is a, as that back flanker is an improvement on what Johannesson offers. As that it's it's still strange to say that, that him, to see him down there, you know, one of our best uh, shots for goal. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's more to do with creating a more accountable back line as well. Um, I think it's it's only probably purely because Crozier is not there and neither is Wood. The thing is, though, with Wood most likely set to return this week. Yep. Touch Wood. Pun the pun. There you go. There, don't mean the puns. I'm not one for puns. Um, You're spending too much what time. What do we make of that? Unfortunately, I am. This is a disaster. Well, what do you make of that? It's, if, if Wood is to return, who who moves up? Who, who is it exactly that might face the dropping block? Well, I think your natural inclination is always to look at the debutants. So Lockie McNeil didn't have the best game. I mean, he did kick a goal, but he he he, he was he looked a bit rushed and he turned it over a few times. He got caught a couple of times, but he's well, a how, debutant. How about, how about Riley West? He was hardly sighted all night. <laughs> Riley West was useless. He didn't, <laughs> even get a, he didn't even get a kick. He didn't, didn't, he didn't even get, didn't even one read, stat. He, he did not even drop in fantasy points. That was such was his impact. He didn't even put a negative impact on the game. So he's channeling his inner Leon Davis there. No, West was... Mm-hmm. That's the worst eighth game I've ever seen from football. I'll be honest. I can't believe that counts as an official <laughs> match. I cannot believe that. Um, Anthony Scott was the other debutant. He was he was all right actually. Didn't mind. Um, I thought he I thought he was all right. Look, I thought the debutants had a, were all had right. A blazing shot. Well, he's yeah, entitled in, to in take that first, shot too. Yeah, would have been nice quarter. to go in. Would have been. Um, I've never been a fan of dropping debutants. And I'll sort of explain this to Brad on the way back. The, the, your first game is unlike any you'll ever play before or since or, or after so it's it's harsh to judge a player on that i mean if, if i was in charge of a side i would give you know i would sort of say if you get one game you you get a second game it's not it's i don't think it's a freebie because you earn your your right to play because you get the game in the first place but i think you should be given opportunity to enjoy the experience of the debut but then be given the opportunity to experience a regular match as it were um but aside from that, I'm not sure who else you can really drop. I think it's quite yeah, telling, though, no, that can I, to be with honest. no Wood and no Crozier, that Johannesson and Cordy didn't find a way back into that side. I think that is telling. And I think that's, and I think that's deliberate as well. Now, I, some there was, I might have been Cleary again said that uh, Beveridge had, had made a, a, given the players an ultimatum over the summer that there were no freebies in terms of spots in that 22. I think it was Cleary who said this, 
that there, there, there were not going to be any sort of handouts. No one was guaranteed a game, whether you'd been someone like Johannesson, uh, who'd been, you know, just a, he'd been a lock in the best 22 for the past four or five seasons now. Well, since Beveridge walked through the door, at least. Cordy, very much in similar mould. You know, he sort of just started, took him a while to get going, but once he was in, he was a lock as well. And they're, they're, they're making good on that. You know, they've given them the warning with the, with the pre-season matches, not selecting them in the senior squad. Now they play round one, and now they've won. It's hard to see Jason Johannesson coming back into that side. It's hard to see St. Cordy coming back into that side. I mean, I suppose Cordy played well. Well, Cleary said he played well. Johannesson, probably less so, but wasn't terrible. But they've got Easton Wood to come back into that side. They've got other players to come back into that side as well. This, I mean, we're this talking... Is the, this is the negatives and Hagen. positives. Yeah. This is the topic you like. This is the negatives and positives of having, you know, you know 700 halfbacks and 4 million midfielders yeah. and not one crumbing forward. <laughs> what is this? Crumbing forward. No, but that, that's one crumbing forward. But that, that's that will actually be played. But that's sort of. But that's. I think. That, but this is this is a good thing because I feel like for too long they've sort of relied on. You know they've had their best twenty two and they've and they've stuck with it. Yeah, you know, I mean they remember with Johannesson, poor thing in two thousand seventeen, he was getting battered from pillar to post, and they stuck with him. And I think that was the I think that was the right thing to do. I mean, he was clearly low on confidence. Twenty seventeen season was as bad as made out to be. Well, he did have a he did have a horror patch though he had a horror at least month. a couple of yeah, weeks yeah it was yeah up until then he was all right but yeah he had he that month. Actually, you take yeah you forget that month those numbers actually still look pretty good yeah and he finished one vote off the bnf which would have been somehow really surprising that would have been a major upset that but that's yeah, that would have. that's but i mean I, but this is now it's different now if you're underperforming you're not reaching the standards expected of you you don't play and it's you, you've, you've really struggled to make changes after a win. I mean, obviously, Easter Wood's going to come back in. So you've got to, so someone's going to be unlucky to miss out just to begin with. Mm. And I've got no idea who it would be. Yeah, I, and it's I ironic, really, isn't it? Because... I really don't know. Look, it will probably be mm. a debutant. It will probably yeah. be a debutant. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet my house on it. Because we'll have more, we'll have another defender in the lineup. And we've already got so many of them. Yeah. Well, Scott, I think Scott was more, I can't recall. Mm. I think Scott played play more Scott of that defensive role. Yeah, play him up forward then, potentially. Who do you drop then for? Yeah, but who, who comes out then? Do you yeah. drop McNeil? I don't want to see. I don't want to see the other debutant cop it, but no. I'm trying to think of another name. I really am. That's I really it. am. That's it. I think that's Rolly the... West. It's it's hard to drop him for doing nothing. Well, he it's... doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't really count either. You're not. You're not dropping him. You're not really dropping Riley West because he's not part of the 22 anyway. You've got to drop someone from the 22 to put Wood in. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what, can we, what can we look at now, though? Okay, so we've got a couple. We're, yeah, we're, we're getting through. We've got a few things to really press. <laughs> to go through. My goodness. This Jabara um, talk. Yeah, so we've got a couple of... Uh, well, we've got a, an injury to report on. So Ed Richards in the VFL uh, sustained a broken fibula. He was stretched off the ground. He had scans and surgery on Saturday. Imagine he would have had the scans on Friday, surgery on Saturday. He's going to be out for eight to ten weeks. And he's another one, actually, who, who's quite interesting in terms of... And He's out of contract. Out of contract. So I want to run through. I want to run through the list of names very quickly. We're not going to. I'm not going to give you. A, nah, I'm not going to. Nah, do you do it this episode or now? Nah, probably another. No, one. I'll do. No, I'm we're not going to give you a, a who by you know player by player where you think they'll stay. But let me just run them through quickly. Williams, Kavara, Kamis, Waitman, Richards, Sweet, McNeil, Vandermeer, Young, Jong, Butler, Bontepelli, Wallace, Stepinski, Garcia, Rourke, Smith, Gardner, Martin, Jure, Liberatore, Hayes, Cordy. You all contract. named all forty-five well, players. Yeah. What that's you a name? long out of contract list. I don't know the number, but that's a long no. contract list. Um, that is. 
Richards is, is an interesting one because he's not really kicked on. He's played, got about 60 games under his belt now. He's not the best 22. Now he's going to be out for the first half of the season. He's out of contract. I, I mean, I, I think he adds a lot to the, the team when he plays. I think he's got his uses. But if, if he can't get in and he's coming out of contract, that's a bit of a concern. Especially when all these halfbacks are out or key defenders are out. Yeah, already. Um, there was a, and we mentioned Mitch Hannon and well, like I see they're back in full training uh, this week, which is fantastic for them. Hayden Crows is still about six weeks away. So you can get used to um, watching the Bulldogs run around without him in it. Uh, Taylor Jaray, it was also reported. So he, uh, he's, I can't remember who he's, who he's struck now because uh, I didn't write it down, uh, but he struck a Collingwood player, $3,000 fine down to 2000 with an early plea. So I haven't heard anything about that one yet, but uh, he will be fine to play this week at this stage. I going to talk about the women as well in, in the last few minutes. So this was tough. It was a tough game for them. Um, I think it's, I think it shows that, and we've, we've already, I think we'd already established this in the last few episodes that they've built the base. It's not, it's not the finished product yet. Uh, it's probably still another season or two away, but they have established a base throughout the season. Now the season's not over and it's not going to be over or may not be over after this week as well. There's still a possibility of making finals, but it's very much out of our hands. We need a lot to go our way. The Crows are an established side. Very good side. They're definitely, unfortunately, there'll be a sneaky chance for it this year. The the top five teams, I I think the sixth place side, whether it's us or Carlton or North, or North even still. So North are sixth at the moment. Mm, That's interesting, considering they're meant to be premiership contenders, but a lot of the, at least the top four side, you don't really say those words a lot, don't you? You know, no. it's like Essendon and Finals winning North Melbourne, and you know, oh God, flag winners. But it's and Carlton. It's a strong and this top is the four. year they're jumping up the ladder. Well, what about not cheating the salary cap? Lots of yeah, things to say. Lots so of things. A, a, a tough start. They they lost every every quarter. I'm afraid the ball lost a 12 six to three four. So what's that? Fifty six point defeat. Yeah, that is quite um, shocking. Bonnie too good kicked. A couple of goals for the Bulldogs. Um, as did Kirsty Lamb, she got herself a goal as well. Rook Lockland, who hasn't kicked as many goals this year as she has in previous years. She was the only Bulldog to get 20 disposals. I think Blackburn was, did disgrace herself, though. Uh, 19 and 6 tackles. 19 disposals and 6 tackles, rather. Interesting. I'm just trying to suss some numbers, actually, see if I can find some other things. So, as, as I say, we've got our last game for the... the AFLW this week against Richmond. It'll be on Friday night at the West Noble. Uh, or I say Friday night, 5.10. So mm. get down to that one if you can. It may well be our last game of the season. We, Here we go. Hopefully we get a win, in which case we won't know our fate until other matches play out over the course of the weekend. But what's our percentage? We're 60% off North Melbourne. We're, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, a, game, we're a game away. Yeah, so we're one game off them and 60%. So we're going to need to beat Richmond by plenty of goals, I'm afraid. Which would be a very enjoyable and thing to witness. Wonder if we can, uh, wonder oh. if we can get Eugle Hagen to, to fill in. Maybe he's the, the man. I think so. Here we go. Just to say, though, handy. Who, who have we played the past uh, three rounds? We've played, so we played Adelaide, played North Melbourne, Adelaide, and we also and... played Collingwood. So, yeah. Okay, three so of the, three the, of the next two of those are very good sides. And the third side is, is a pretty reasonable one still. Yeah. And in that time, we've been... And how many teams are there? 14? Yes. Okay, here we go. In the rounds six to eight, we've ranked well, across those three rounds. We've ranked 13th for disposal, 
13th for disposal efficiency, 13th for inside 50s, 13th for contested possession, meters gained, 14th for clearances, freeze four, and pressure applied. We've also only scored 33 points from turnovers, whilst we've conceded 102. We've also copped our two biggest losses in the AFLW over the past uh, couple of weeks. I need to confirm that, actually. But it's also disappointing to see our two biggest losses in the AFLW history. Yeah, we've copped a few bad ones, I think. I don't know if that's exactly correct, that last uh, remark there, but it just says... I know it actually might be, yeah, the Pies game and the... Um, Program. Yeah, that's a bit disappointing considering where we had positioned ourselves. But I think it's unfortunately probably a fair statement for us to be in that sixth, seventh category. Mm-hmm. Even if we did make finals, it'd be a very tough ask for us. I think Good for the experience, said, but yeah. yeah, definitely. And and Nathan Burke said as much as well. But certainly mm-hmm. I, I with a, there's a base there, but it's it, it's not finished, but we're certainly we've on the way. Up we've what? jumped a lot. We've jumped up what six? Yeah, we've come a long way since the start of, or since the end of last season, for sure. There's no doubt about that. But I think that's going to have to bring us to the end of a jam-packed episode, really. I mean, I think we covered a lot, and there's a lot that... One, one more thing, one more thing. Oh, one more thing, make it quick. New back of the top Guernsey. Ah, yes. The new Guernsey partner. Yeah, so this is the first... Upgraded for pedigree. Yeah, so this is the this is so yeah, we made a late play. Uh, the salty bulldog couldn't get our logo on there, unfortunately. Couldn't get a deal over the line. Uh, but yeah, so this is the first ever. Not enough coming in, I think. No, this is not. This is the very first sponsor on the on the back of the or on on up on the top of the back of the Guernsey. I think is the the phrase they use. So pedigree. So you you wouldn't have seen that in the preseason matches. That had only been announced, I think, the day before our match against Collingwood. So very new. But certainly, if you're wondering what that little yellow thing was on our jumper. It was a new pedigree logo. But that is going to bring us to the end of another episode of the Salty Bulldog, our ninth installment for the season. Uh, of course, you can, uh, as I've mentioned at the start of the episode, you can check out all of our previous episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts just by typing in the Salty Bulldog into your search engines. You can also check out the Salty Bulldog on Twitter at the Salty Bulldog, Salty Bulldog on Facebook and YouTube as well, and on Instagram, the.salty.bulldog. That's going to be it from us, though. My name is Matthew Donald. I've had Nick Galea. Um, being a, a always wonder, a pleasure mate wonderful pleasure. support i uh, also do appreciate the support of all of our uh, audience those asking their questions and offering their insights and to all of our listeners as well wherever you may be listening around the world thank you for your time and until next week take care <laughs>